Hello and welcome to the Private Practice Made Perfect podcast. I'm Cathy Love. I started life as an OT, had a, an amazing, crazy private practice which I sold. And what I do now is help allied health business owners create a business that serves them, the time, the money, the joy that they absolutely deserve. And this is where my idea for the podcast started. What I want to do is to capture how hard allied health business owners in Australia work to achieve their dreams, to support their teams, to create amazing outcomes for their clients. So sit back, beverage of joys, drive safely, walk carefully, however you're listening in, and I hope you absolutely enjoy. Well, it's official. Jess Nyman is my uh, podcast guest today. Welcome. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure. You've got such a, uh, an adventure to, to share. It'll uh, it'll be up. Will be a good conversation. Jess Nyman is an occupational therapist and the founding director of Only About Kids. Tell us, tell us about the oak tree, Jess, because I I read about that. Yes. So uh, our business is. It came to life, I think, when oh, a couple of years ago now. Um, but the concept of of the business model is that we're a growing tree, um, in that it needs multiple elements to thrive. You know, mm. it needs water, it needs sunlight, it needs the right weather, nutrients, um, and all of those put together, a tree can thrive. Um, and that's kind of where it started um, for us. Yeah. There's that gorgeous quote on your website. Um, let me find it for you. An oak tree is a daily reminder that great things often have small beginnings. Yes, and that was also true because we are a paediatric clinic. So we are working with children um, and helping them thrive and be the best version that they can be. And you were very, very clever, and I didn't pick this up till way later, that only about kids is actually an acronym. Like Yes. I literally learned that this year, I reckon. Yeah. So we kind of, my vision was that we would be called Oak OT down the track, so, but we still kind of interchange the name here and there. So it just depends on the day, really, what we call ourselves. Well, you might be more than OT at some point. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I am pretty passionate about just supporting OTs for the moment. Um, I did have a good mentor a few years ago who reminded me that we are trained OTs and that if we were to expand into other disciplines that I might not be the right fit for supporting clinically, not to say that I wouldn't be able to support business, but it might be something we'll look at in the future. Mm. Well, before we get wildly excited about the future, uh, 2020, big year. Mm-hmm. Only big year that for everybody. Started, and then the Melbourne pandemic thing happened. Tell us. Like you said before, it was only a matter of when in terms of when you started your business. What What's that about? So growing up, I was surrounded by very successful businessmen and women. And in your I think, family? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes. Um, both parents, lots of family members. Um, my grandfather in particular, just they had always been very passionate about business and that's kind of what I grew up to idolize I think and that kind of set me on a track that I had always thought or always dreamed that that would be what I could do one day 
So yeah, it was only about a, a matter of when I did it. So we started in 2020. The concept probably came before a little bit before that, but January 2020, I decided, yes, I'm going to take the leap. Started part time. I looked for a um, another allied health business in my area to start working from. So I rented a room for quite a while, just one little room. I was pretty sure that I didn't want to work by myself. I wanted to be surrounded by people, um, even though they weren't OTs, but was still around people nonetheless. And so we stayed in that one little room for over two years. And now we've just moved into our brand new clinic, um, which is amazing. I'm so in love with it. As a startup, how did you, we'll get to the clinic because we're all excited about that. Uh, so as a startup, how did you track through COVID? I'd be lying if I said it wasn't tough and that, and I didn't question that I'd made the right decision. Um, it was hard. I think being allied health, we were relied on a little bit by parents, um, school, especially in Melbourne. Everyone was doing online. Um parents would turn to you and say, what do we do? How do we do this? So we're kind of a shoulder to lean on in that sense. We had to be very adaptable. (laughs) Name of the game. Everything went online. Everything. Uh, I dropped around some little care packages to my families um, with resources they could use online um, during the lockdown number one. But it did give me a little bit of time to kind of sit back and build the back end of the business, um, build the website, uh, did kind of put some procedures into place. So it kind of did me, give me a little bit of time for that, but I was so glad when it was all over. Yeah, yeah. You and me both, Jess. Mm. You and me both. So there was sort of one of you in a little room for a, a while and then um, maybe walk us through 2021. 2021 we were... I was very much over lockdowns at this point. Um, I took the leap and went full-time and I was managing okay and I thought, yep, I can do all the the therapeutic stuff, but I really needed some help with the administrative side of things. So we got on some wonderful virtual admin support and they've been with me, yeah, a long time now. Mm-hmm. So that was 2021. and. They it was very hard, I think, at the time for me to let go of some of the tasks that I was doing um, that an OT didn't need to do or a business. Oh, those things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I still it's still one of my struggles that I have. My team are aware of that. Um, letting things go and, and trusting that somebody else can do it and do it much better than I can. <laughs> so much better. So that was that was a big learning for me and you know, there's some hiccups and bumps along the way, but it made me really look at the processes that I had written down and are these being followed and tweaking them, making sure they made sense to other people, creating videos and all those kinds of things. And, yeah, I could not imagine my week or my day without our admin support. They are wonderful. Should we give them a shout-out? Yes. Jenny, if you're listening, Allied Health Admin Services. (laughs) Um, And Kaz is the one that works in our account the most and she's she's just wonderful. How much time do you reckon they've saved you? 
like just a week, like just a week because. An hour is easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even the time, but it's the mental load. It's the cognitive load that I have of thinking of all the things I have to do. And once they are gone or they're free and someone else can do them and they've shown that they can do them really well, um, it's it just means I can focus on the things that I actually need to focus on. Mm. And what are those things? Where where does your focus go when you're not in admittest trivia land? Someone's got to do it. It's valuable. But- yes, very true, very true. Uh, I go to, I'm working towards business development at the moment and our vision for the next few years, but being, I'm still working as an OT, so I still love being on the ground on the tools. I still love it. And I think I will still do it for a little bit longer. I just feel that I can relate much more to our team when I'm, you know, doing the same work that they're doing, but, um, you know, building different programs of supports, um, strengthening our team's clinical skills. Yeah, I do quite a lot during the day. And it's nice that just those tasks that kind of need to be done every day. I don't need to look at, I don't need to Mm. worry. I will check in every couple of weeks and say how's this going or you know if there's something urgent that I need done but it's something that somebody else can do I will delegate that um Mm. yeah Mm. and then oh those COVID years they're like dog years then across last year you started employing people yes so we started with a therapy assistant she's an OT student and she helped me with running some home programs, running some groups, and then we employed our first OT, which was wonderful, which was probably midway through 2022. And then I thought we can use the one room, we can structure our day, that's okay. It worked. It It was fine. We then had three in the room and I went, you know, that's, it, this isn't good for long term. Mm. And I took the jump, which was, I thought starting a business was a big jump, but building a clinic is <laughs> something else. Starting a commercial lease. Oh, yes. And all the things that go into that kind of didn't know what I was in for, but I'm so glad I did it. I've mm. learned so much. Um, I had my time again. I'd probably do some things differently, but yeah, it was a big learning curve. But would you do so- differently? Take more time with it. Mm. I think I probably, the the lease that we're in, the place that we're in was perfect. It is just down the hall from where we were. It was the right size. It was, but I think because I wanted it so badly, <laughs> I, didn't, I rushed a few things, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a bit of time next time. Um, but, no, I'm so happy with where we're at now. Very good. Very good. Tell us about your beautiful team. They are wonderful. Sometimes I get home after a work work day and I just sit there and I go, I'm I'm so glad I found these people. Mm. Um, I always think of them, or I always refer to them as people first, clinician second. Um, Mm. So we have team for five therapists, two allied health assistants, and obviously we have virtual reception and admin um but our team are just so supportive of one another they are they get to know you on a and and vice versa on a Mm. more personal level um when we were sitting up setting up the 
clinic and we hadn't quite got all our furniture yet we I um I built a office space purposely for the reason that I wanted us to be a team and I don't want anyone kind of feeling on their own isolated in a room anyway came out of a session and here they are four of them sitting around a tiny little table at the reception desk working away together chatting laughing (laughs) and it was I'll I'll never forget that memory because it was exactly the kind of team culture that I wanted to build didn't you know it's a bit cramped but um they just get along so well why do you think that is I would love to say that they are replicating what I'm trying to build Mm. um but they all have their own strengths they all have their own interests and I guess my role is trying to foster that and um I'm quite open about things that I find difficult. So I've been quite vulnerable with things. And I think that's allowed them to feel that it is a safe space for them to be themselves as well. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's nice. One of the girls is is part-time. Um, and on the days that she's not there, you can tell. And, you know, the other team members, oh, I wish she was here today. You know, it's just so nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things there, I guess the word that springs to mind is psychological safety. And um, you can kind of talk about it. You can put it on your website and put it wherever. But what do you reckon it actually means day in, day out? That you come to work and you feel genuinely safe and that your team are always going to be there to support you. There is so much trust. You know, I there was a day where I was having, you know, some challenges with landlords and lawyers and all that kind of thing. And I just said to the girls, I said, you know what, I just need to take a break just, just for the next couple of hours, went home. And they all sent me a message just saying, am I all right? Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's cliche, but I feel like we have a family. Um, but, yeah, their, conf- their confidence and trust in one another is, and I don't know if that's because I'm a very open person, or if that's just naturally who they are. Um, but, yeah, we definitely have a very safe environment that we work in. It's going to be a combo of all of the above, you know. Does like attract like? Most likely. Um, and, you know, trust and respect go a long way. Patience and kindness go a long way. Care goes a long way. Yeah, and I think... We've, we've set up that safe space that anybody, any question, anything they are worried about, anything that they feel concerned or, you know, they want to get off their chest, they, they all do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like I said, team first, clinician or client second, they're, they're people first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've had some of our team have come from other environments where they haven't felt valued or they haven't felt safe enough to speak up um so that's kind of been one of my goals for this year as well is like building that connection as a team and I think it's it's working Mm. you mentioned uh something about um transparency vulnerability you know there's a gazillion was a few things we could call it so as a director where are your boundaries about being open and transparent around this? They, they can be blurred at times, but I'm very open with my team about the things mm. um, that I find 
challenging. Um, you know, emotional control is something that I'm working on and I want to ensure that I'm that the team aren't mimicking how I'm feeling and that I'm able to demonstrate that it's all right to have all these feelings. I just need to, a bit of time. Um, reminding myself that things can wait. I like things done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, being open about about that. Um, I think we do a good a good job of still being professional. I think there are times where I we do have, you know, one-on-one meetings or there are things sometimes things that are said mm-hmm. that are, you know, you kind of pull up on and say that might not be the best thing to say right now. Uh generally we're pretty casual, but when it's work time, it's work time. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think your team would describe you? I actually feel as though I want to jump on the phone to them. <laughs> uh open. I'm very much open, open door policy, come to me with anything. Um, I think supportive is one thing that I pride myself on um, and that I will always offer um, my team, other teams as well. I will always, always be the first one to put my hand up and say, yes, I'm here to help. Um easily approachable but also I'm still learning as well I'm still new at this I was trained to be an OT but I'm still learning how to be a good leader how to build a positive and a good business so I'm still learning as well Mm. I guess that speaks to those values of openness and learning and adaptability and all of those things you've got to kind of live and breathe them right across the the team, I reckon. Mm. And when I when I created our values, that's what I wanted. Mm. And I always had this, you know, I get imposter moments and I think, oh, am I doing it? Am I doing exactly what I set out to do? But sometimes in the moment I probably didn't realise until afterwards and I do some self-reflection and go, yeah, actually we are doing all of the things that I wanted us to do or all the things that I've said we would do. Mm. So those imposter moments, are they dark of night or are they middle of the day or are they just when you're looking at a financial report? What uh, what gets that thing going? You know, I did hear once that if you're in a room where you're not feeling a little bit like an imposter, then you're in the wrong room. So, you know, I'm surrounded by a wonderful team and, you know, business network and things. Sometimes I just get those little moments and think, should I, should I be... Is this where I should be? Um, you know, this podcast, for example, do I do I really know what I'm talking about? Um, but, you know, in those moments I, I do have that a bit of self-doubt. Afterwards I think, you know what, no, I do have this. I do get this. The imposter moments, are they further apart, fewer and further between, whatever those words are? Yeah. Yeah, when I first started I was very... I think naive to how hard or how much work goes into building a business. Mm. And I thought, yep, I could do it. And there was, you know, a few tears, a few sleepless nights, especially during COVID. You know, am I doing the right thing? Is this what I what I should be doing? Um these days it's more around, I guess, the business side of things, particularly, mm. you know, leases and clinic fit outs and colour schemes and all of that but yeah they're much less now my confidence Mm -hmm. has grown so much um it's a reflection of my team as well uh, what I'm trying to build they're mimicking how 
the values that I hold. So, yeah, much less these days. I wonder if there's something that uh, ultimately or or at a certain level quite good that they're just a bit of a check-in about Mm -hmm. where you're at, where you're thinking, how you're showing up. I actively seek feedback from a lot of my team um, and I think that's partly as well why they're so open with me. But, um, yeah, I actively seek feedback um, and I receive it really openly. You know, if there's something that they think we could be doing better or we could change, I'm very, very, very open to that. And I ask them, I probably ask them maybe a little bit too much. Um, (laughs) You'll get feedback fatigue. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if there's things that I want to be on the front foot, if there's things that need to be changed or tweaked, adapted, created, I, I want to be, yeah, on the front foot with all of those. That makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, and it's not so much that your business is in a recovery phase. Some businesses were in recovery phases last year. Yours has kind of gone from um, strength to strength to strength. And part of that is the momentum of getting things done, failing fast, learning faster, getting the next thing done and not being too, yeah, just over-analytical or overthinking things. I think that can stall many businesses in the early days. They sort of drown in the what-ifs rather than the when and how will we do it. Mm, And I have known to be, you know, trying to be superwoman and do all the things at once and having them all be perfect. And you realise pretty quickly that it's not, you can't do it, yeah, you can't work that way. Not helpful. <laughs> not helpful. No. Not healthy either, I don't think. Running a business isn't just about setting up shop and becoming complacent. It's about showing up for ourselves and our clients with a commitment to continuous improvement. We have to be honest with ourselves about where we're at and where we're going. That means identifying strengths and weaknesses so we can improve. After all, if we're remaining stagnant, how can we scale and build the business and life of our dreams? That's where the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz comes in. We're not talking horoscopes and pulse hope here. This questionnaire is the perfect starting point for you to begin identifying your strengths, needs and blind spots as an allied health business owner. The process is simple. Answer the 14 questions and we'll send you a personalized report that includes actionable steps for you to start taking your business to the next level. Ready to take your business into your own hands? Take the NACAR Consulting Allied Health Biz Quiz today. What do your clients say about the business? I think they feel supported and they are very happy with the people Mm. that we have in our team. I think, and I remember a couple of years a few years ago, I had a good mentor that she taught me a lot. She was open, she was calm, always had time for me. And I can't always recall the things that she taught me clinically, but I will always remember the way that she felt. That she, sorry. She made you feel, yeah. yeah. I will mm-hmm. always remember that. And I feel like our team are the same, but our clients are the same. We will always put the, their needs first. We will always be open and listen to them um, and it's always a safe space mm-hmm. when we are working with them. But making them feel heard, making them feel comfortable, um, that is, I think, what they would say about us. Um, we're always happy. We're always, you know, having fun and games in the office. Um, and that's thing, learning as well, trusting that my team are going to 
live and breathe the values that I have mm. and follow them on into their sessions. Um, it does get hard when they call and they ask for you and because it's not you, they think it's not going to be the same. Most of the time it's better. Mm-hmm. The intervention is better. The energy is better um, because our team are great. But it is hard when, you know, have that conversation with parents. Oh, you've been recommended and it's not me anymore. It's 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 our team, our business. Um, it's yeah, trying to replicate what I would do and trust that the team are going to fulfil that. Mm. What are the parts of being a business director that you enjoy the least? I'm going to say numbers. <laughs> really, that surprises me. I do love them. I love looking at them, but I think as a business owner, I could be better at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we've had, uh, I've had an accountant who kind of did the basic stuff. We got a bookkeeper and that changed my life on where money is coming in, where money is going, how to plan. And yeah, that, that changed a lot for me. Um, but probably, yeah, numbers think I enjoy them, but one of our, you know, one of our values is that I see a team, I see a person I and it's hard, you know, KPIs and billables and all that. I see the person and eventually translates to numbers and they have, you know, there's targets and things. And I'm probably not as strong with that as I would like to be, but yeah, numbers. Maybe throwing this out there, maybe it's because you don't have enough time to get to them. Yeah, that's also probably true. I'm wearing a lot of different hats at the moment. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to, as we are still a relatively new team, I think that where I'm needed is in the office available for when things come up. As as the team grow and their confidence grows, I will probably step away a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm wearing a lot of hats at the moment, which is tiring, but I'm in it for the long game. Yeah. Short game. Yeah. 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 So your steepest learning curve as a director, what's that been? Not really sure that I oh, probably, I would have to say the clinic, building mm. the clinic, very out of my depth in terms of permits, builders, all those things that you don't really come across as an OT unless you kind of work in home wards area. But <laughs> Well, that would potentially be a bonus, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's probably the main one finding out who I needed to to get support from what I actually needed because there's no manuscript of what to do and you ask people mm-hmm. and their situation is different so that was very eye opening for me um in terms of day to day stuff pretty i just love what i do um i have so much passion for what we do mm, what we're building ways through through everything yeah, I just I find little things every day that I just mm. enjoy. Mm. So it doesn't really feel like feel like work. I think definitely during COVID, I was you'd wake up and you think, oh, do I really have to do this today? Uh, do I have to have this conversation? Or you know, it was quite tough. And the last six months, granted, they've been challenging, tiring, but they've been so enjoyable to see what we've how we've come out the other side. What's about the clinic? Right down to the colour scheme because you mentioned colour scheme before and that's, you know, that's just burnt in my memory. 
funny you should say that actually our logo has multiple colors for the different areas in which children develop their skills and so we decided to I had this idea and then I said to the team I said what do you think about this and they all went yes so all of our doors are based on the colors of our tree so we have Mm -hmm. how many colors are there six there's there's a few there's six there's actually seven but there's six clinic doors and there's one office door so Mm -hmm. each of them are you know I didn't want to go with the whole room one room two kind of thing so they're all painted different colors and so we've got six spaces um big big open office with a balcony and big floor-to-ceiling windows it's really bright and nice to walk into and it's all new it's not like paint for a few weeks when we first oh, did it gosh. yeah <laughs> uh, we had candles set up around to kind of mm. combat that um but yeah everything's new we only bought we bought over one table a couple of chairs and a cupboard from our old one everything else is is new um yeah so i just i love walking in there every day Mm. Mm. when do you think you'll grow out of this one <laughs> I kind of thought that question yes, was coming Jess has just pushed back in a chair and behind her hair and <laughs> when are you going to grow out of this one maybe you won't I don't know if we will uh if my I always wanted to build a team I didn't I never wanted to be a big company I wanted a team to be quite small um and that everyone felt valued and I had time for everybody um so I don't I don't know we've um we filled our rooms pretty quick so yeah you can do a lot with six rooms mm, yes yes that's um the structuring of timetables and things Mm. I'm pretty used to from uh where I've come from so pretty okay with that but yeah I don't know Ask me again in 12 months. I will. I most definitely will. I most definitely will. If we think of sort of the next 12 months, what are we now? Oh, we're not even at the start of 2023. We're like a quarter of the way through it. What's on the cards for this year for the business? This year we will be looking at introducing some more programs. We we run some group programs and we will be looking at creating some more um, kind of moving away from, you know, your typical one-to-one fortnightly therapy, just some alternatives around that um, and just building, building as a team. I think it takes time to get to know people, um, what they like, what they don't like, how they work. Um, so, yeah, hopefully at the end of 2023, which is not that far away, we will have all our rooms full. Um, yeah. We will productive happy team. Yeah, that's my my goal for the end Mm. of this year. And who's your next recruit? Well, funny you should say that. Our next recruit is going to be our receptionist. Yeah, in house. Going to make a difference, I reckon. Yes, just those little, you know, oh, this client's running late. Can you just give them a call, or can you just send this one just to be in person? Virtual is has been amazing, but just having someone sit at the desk. Be a bright, bubbly face for when clients walk in, when therapists walk in, when any of our team walk in. Mm. Just having that, you know, 
positive experience the minute you walk in. And so that's where we're going to look at. And hopefully practice manager type role after that. Um, We'll always be on the lookout for clinicians um, and wonderful therapists. I'm probably a little bit more picky now um, with the type of team that I want, Um, particularly around clinicians. You know, they can have all the, the clinical knowledge in the world, but are they a team player? Mm. Are they open? Are they kind? Can we trust them? They're the kind of values that I would be looking for first. And all of my team will say, whenever I've interviewed them, they'll all say, was that was that it? Is that we just talked? We just chatted. Is that, is that all? <laughs> um, which is very much me anyway. So, you know, some of them kept notes and stuff, but weren't really sure if it was a proper interview or not. So, yeah, hopefully a couple new new faces by the end of the year, hopefully. I was talking with someone uh, yesterday who put an advert up for an office assistant, so a bit of an all-rounder, and I think in three days, three days, four days, they've got 120 applicants. I can vouch for that. Yes. Yeah, well, I've just been through it. We've, uh, we're interviewing this week for reception and it was... There was some specifics on our on our ad that people needed to follow. Attention to details one of our mm. um, one of our areas that we're looking for. And so, if you just applied, click the link. I didn't even look at your. Oh goodness! So they had to submit a chocolate cake and a video and follow up with a TikTok a week later. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they had to just send me an email with a cover letter and very kind of basic but it meant that I knew the person the people that were sending them to me had read mm. read what they are what had been written so yeah fun do you enjoy interviewing no um I, love it. I was very very nervous interviewing for reception because it's not really I know what I need them to do but I it, that's not my mm. expertise um, so there was, you know, a couple of questions about ro- the role that, um, reception would take. And I just felt a little bit more uneasy about that than I did interviewing clinicians. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the more I do it, the, the less nervous I get. Yeah. The, the more I do it, the more I feel proud and actually go, you know what, we're pretty good here. So it's, all right. yeah, so it's kind of much easier to do it when you're, Love your job and you've got a, already got a wonderful team. Mm, mm. I always find it um, really interesting about the questions that just bounce into my brain and whether or not I use that question. And then when I do ask a question, just the process of how people kind of answer and my response to their answers. I just honestly, I just find it absolutely fascinating. Mm. And I try to sometimes ask questions. You know, not your stock standard ones, you know, like tell me about your day or, you know, yeah. just just to get a little bit more insight because I think if you interview for, you know, jobs, you kind of get similar questions. You can kind of already know what they're going to ask you. So, yeah. Well, your week is going to be filled with very interesting conversations, no doubt, no doubt. What does your week usually look like? 
So I do probably three days a week clinic work. I do try to time block my calendar so that um, my brain focuses on, you know, one task at a time. Multitasking for me, I can do it, but I'm not great at it. Yeah, it's, um, it's not usually a good thing. No, and there's lots of research around that it's actually not beneficial for you. It's actually just sticking to one thing. Um, so my cl- clients are back-to-back for some portions of the day and then I have one day a week where I am supporting the team with either their onboarding process, their supervision, mentoring, and then I have half a day where I just catch up on things and then another half for kind of business development mm-hmm. type stuff, um, which I have found tricky because it's kind of in the moment it's seen as not so important, but long-term it really is. So that's an area that I'm trying to get better at, I think. So, yeah, it's kind of depends what week. It's school holidays at the moment too, which has thrown a lot of things into whack, you know, Mm. calendars and stuff. But, yeah. How well do you stick to your (laughs) – I don't even have to ask the rest of the question. But I will because I'm just enjoying this. How well do you stick to your planned out businessy diary? It's a work in progress. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, I yeah, it's something that I am working on because if it's something that, you know, writing up a procedure, for example, but I'm doing it in the office and a team member comes to me with a question about this, or you know, an email comes through about that. I'll tend to put the procedure on hold or put the administrative task on hold and, you know, or report on hold, whatever it is that is not, you know, immediate. Um, So it's something I am working on. But, yeah, I do do have a default calendar. Mm. Things just do get moved. (laughs) Do you ever close your office door? No, not yet. I wonder if it'd make a difference. Some people swear by it, others not so much. Lots of ways to kind of do business. Mm, I think I can if if I if I really, really needed to, I would. Um but generally or you know, I work from home sometimes mm. and I find that I get all of that, you know, back end things, mm. um, behind the scenes things, I get more of those done. Um I'm still still available. Um, on you know we use Slack for communication tool between team, and I'm always on there. I'm always available on there. Um, I did have a day a couple of weeks ago where I wasn't in the office and I was at home, and the business ran without me, and it was a very surreal feeling because I wasn't in the office and everything went smoothly, everything was followed, everyone was all right, and it was. No lives were lost. No. <laughs> they all had fun. They all locked up. It was it was it was quite a proud moment as well as it being surreal, you know. They don't need me as much as I think they do. Mm. You've got a holiday coming up, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So we've got a couple of weeks where I'll be away. Time zones also won't match. So unless I'm getting up at 3 a.m. to jump on and help or not even help. I don't I don't actually need to help. It's just I want to make sure everyone's all right. Yeah. That there's, you know, no burning questions or um I think that's you know, me just 
trying to make sure that everyone's and trusting that everyone's okay. What are you doing so to get the business ready for just flying out? Making sure that they, or, you know, procedures are documented and followed currently. If there are things that kind of are flagged, um, we might look into those and reception coming on to take mm-hmm. on board those day-to-day invoices, cleaning, appointment reminders, phone calls that actually I don't need to be a part of anymore. I don't, the client cancels, I don't need to know about it. Um, so hoping that the reception's onboarding will be quite smooth and and I think the team, uh, they trust each other and they have genuine care for one another that I, I don't actually know if they would notice I was gone. I think they would. <laughs> I think just yeah, I think they would. I think um, there'd be a couple of where, where's Jess like mm, yeah so. yeah. I won't have my coffee. We just bought a new coffee machine, so I won't be having my coffee every day. But you know, yeah, I think they'll be fine. It'll be a a good test anyway, mm. definitely. But it'll also make me realize, which I think I already know, but day to day things like they they I've trained them or supported them or coached them well enough that they can run Mm. without me being in there all the time um I never wanted to be someone who wasn't in the office Mm -hmm. at all I've worked in jobs where you know the the boss was never in you think oh am I doing the right thing I'm not getting feedback as you know Mm -hmm. I'm quite big on that so I'll probably yeah, I enjoy just sitting there and they'll come to me if they need me, but they. Mm. So you're away on leave for a couple of weeks. What is sort of keeping an eye on things going to look like, if at all? Like, So I've I've been pretty good with professional boundaries in that in terms of notifications are off on my phone if I'm away. Um, I'm not sending emails at 9 o'clock at night, but I still check. <laughs> so uh, I think it might be a check-in a couple of times a week maybe um, and it'll probably be I think the thing that I've tried to instill in my team as well is when they come to me with a question I always encourage them to have an answer first or a solution to whatever problem they have first yeah. whether it's the right one the wrong one or they're not sure but it kind of instills that you know I'm just coming in to check, not I'm coming to you to tell me what to do. So I've been pretty mindful of that. Someone will come to me with a question and I'll say, have you got an answer for this question? And they'll say, yes, continue. They'll say no. And and I'll say, go and ask someone or do some research. Come back with to me with some sort of solution. Um, So I hope that that will help. And more often than not as well, when when team come to me for a question, they've already asked someone else anyway. So mm. they'll mm. um they'll lean on each other. Yeah. Many business owners that I speak with go on leave and they actually want to stay in touch. It's it's they're not disappointed or annoyed that they can't just fly out because they've they want to kind of just check that it's rolling and And so everybody, you know, flies out and does leave differently. But the vast majority want a line of communication. 
back to the business. And everyone will have some different guardrails around that and different escalation criteria or business the director might still want to do payroll or something, something, something. And I think it, I think it um, gets us thinking about, well, if what's it going to take for us to relax and enjoy our travels even more? And if it is a bit of work, so be it. Like, who made that rule of just leaving work behind? Probably employees. I don't know. But I'm very much like that. Very much. I Yeah, I would love to. I feel like I will be more calm and more at ease if I know that they're all right. Um, so just quick check-in. And I actually love them all as people. Like, I, I don't consider myself as, you know, director or boss or anything like that the team will call me boss sometimes and I'll make a face because <laughs> they'll know that it's pretty new but... I don't think my team have ever called me that <laughs> <laughs> but I see myself as just you know part of the team and I just genuinely want to know how they are how was their weekend you know what have they got planned you know do they have training tonight or things like that so I think I'll keep in touch but I think I'll keep in touch as you know just how are you are you all right mm-hmm. do you need me and I think I'll I'll probably need to phrase it do you need me to help with anything or what do you need me to help with yeah. they might say yes here's a list they might also go you know what no I'm I'm good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're right it's going to be a really good test uh that will really measure how strong the business is with you and without you and it might even give you the chance to fly back in in a somewhat modified role as well. Yes, potentially less clinical work and it'll probably, you know, show up some areas that I think when when something, if there's a speed bump or anything at the moment, I fix it in the moment yep. rather than, you know, reflecting on how things went over the longer term mm. um, and if there's things we need to adjust or change um but yeah it'll be it'll be so nice to come back but also so nice to see them all flourish without me in the office and provide uh an even greater space and even expectation of innovation and autonomy and playfulness and all of that, you'll probably feel you, you'll get back and there'll be all these in jokes and stories that you won't know about. You'll be, you'll be left out. We have, we have lots of in jokes and (laughs) we, we have a student at the moment and he's great, but we have a lot of in jokes. And I just found myself this morning, just maybe trying to explain to him what our jokes were so he could kind of follow along with. (laughs) Um, But yeah, lots of, I do, I do foster that innovation and autonomy with mm. the team. Um, if there's an area that they want to, they want to work on, mm. or they want to, you know, create a group around, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. So, in the last couple of minutes, uh, what would you like our health business owners to think about? I think you to be a successful business owner, you need to have the right support network around you, both I think personally and professionally. I got by in my early days doing what I kind of knew, but I was I wasn't great at it. Um and you know you you bring on administrative support, you bring on an accountant, you bring on a bookkeeper, HR, all of their expertise levels. 
that is something that is invaluable and that's it's good for me to have a I guess a read over things but that's not going to be my role or your role Mm. um and so investing in supportive people supportive network around you is a big one and I think as well trusting yourself and investing in yourself um reading workshops podcasts a big one for me and just listening to other people talk and how they work and learning from them Mm. um it's been something that I've been less disciplined with in the last few months because of I've been needed elsewhere but Mm. it's something that I'm really going to be looking for in the next 12 months onwards um to develop my skills as a leader Mm. and how I can best you know support my team and support the business well I guess back to the oak tree it's growing it is it is and I'm so excited about it thank you so much for sharing your story so far we would definitely do a 2.0 thank you Kathy thank you so much for having me it's been an honor Thank you so much for listening to this episode. For the show notes and other resources, our webinar replays, they're all available over on naker.com.au. And if you're loving what you're listening to, please subscribe. We don't want you to miss out on a single thing. And if you want others to get the same benefit that you've had from listening into these episodes, please share this episode and any of the others forward to any of your other allied health business colleagues. And we are totally here for you. Don't forget for a moment that you can jump on in and book that power call and uh, we can see how we can help you get the best of business done. Looking forward to seeing you there.